0: If I've run into you in the last month or so, kind of the new year's 2021, then you know that right now I am totally enamored with the book of Galatians. I've been reading and rereading it for the last six or seven weeks. And I've just become fascinated by Paul's overwhelming argument against reverting to observance of the law. And you have to put yourself in the shoes of the people of the first century. These Galatian believers, many of them Gentiles, didn't know anything about the old covenant law. And so they come into the freedom of Jesus, but then people slip into their midst and say, hey, you must be circumcised. You must follow the old way in order to follow Jesus. And here comes Paul, this wild-eyed former Pharisee saying, no, we've cast off from that. We're unmoored now. We're doing something so totally new that we cannot ever go back. I wonder the degree to which we realize that at times we submit to sort of systems of man. The ways to which we believe there is a rote ritualistic way to follow Jesus day in and day out that we think is orderly, that we think actually answers to our intellect, our will. And so I want to share with you uh, from three of the chapters, from chapters 2, 3, and 5 of Galatians, some of Paul's strongest words about the degree to which we are actually free of any old way, free of even a perceived system of man as we try to follow that man, Jesus, in the everyday of our life. So I'll just begin right in. Chapter 2 of Galatians. But if I attempt to build again the whole structure of justification by the law, then I do, in earnest, make myself a sinner. For under the law, I died. And now I am dead to the law's demands so that I may live for God. As far as the law is concerned, I may consider that I died on the cross with Christ. And my present life is not that of the old I, the living Christ within me. The bodily life I now live, I live believing in the son of God who loved me and sacrificed himself for me. Consequently, I refuse to stultify the grace of God by reverting to the law. Chapter three, and this is so good in the Phillips. Oh, you dear idiots of Galatia, Who saw Jesus Christ the crucified so plainly? Who has been casting a spell over you? I will ask you one simple question. Did you receive the Spirit of God by trying to keep the law or by believing the message of the gospel? Surely, you can't be so idiotic as to think that a man begins his spiritual life in the Spirit and then completes it by reverting to outward observances. Has all your painful experience brought you nowhere? I simply cannot believe it of you. Does God, who gives you his spirit and works miracles among you, do these things because you have obeyed the law or because you have believed the gospel? Ask yourselves that. And then further on, now that you have faith in Christ, you are all sons of God. All of you who were baptized into Christ have put on the family likeness of Christ. Gone is the distinction between Jew and Greek, slave and free, male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, you are true descendants of Abraham. You are true heirs of his promise. Chapter five, plant your feet firmly, therefore, within the freedom that Christ has has won for us. And do not let yourselves be caught again in the shackles of slavery. And later, it is to freedom that you have been called, my brothers. Only be careful that freedom does not become mere opportunity for your lower nature. And finally, here is my advice. Live your whole Life in the spirit and you will not satisfy the desires of your lower nature for the whole energy of the lower nature is set against the spirit while the whole power of the spirit is contrary to the lower nature. Here is the conflict. And that is why you are not free to do what you want to do. But if you follow the leading of the spirit, you stand clear of the law. Now imagine again that first century context, these Gentiles who are being told you must conform to these old ways. And then Paul is coming into town with this letter right there in front of them saying, you are so free. You are so free. In fact, that it's almost a scary amount of freedom, except if you listen to the good, patient, affectionate, powerful voice of the Holy Spirit. As I read through the Galatians, it reminds me when Jesus says in Luke 17, you're going to look here and there, everyone's looking for the kingdom of God, but then I love the words that he says, but the kingdom of God is within you. And that's really the Greek there. It's within you. This whole enormously, overwhelmingly powerful concept that is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, where did he plant it? Did he plant it in a castle on a hill somewhere that we have to trek toward? No. No. He planted it right within my chest, yours as well. What an empowering, what a sobering, what a glorious thought. One of my favorite writings of the great Leo Tolstoy is actually a book about the spiritual reality of the kingdom of God being right here in me and you. It's literally called The Kingdom of God is Within You. And it's actually known as a source text for a whole movement of thought called Christian anarchy. The idea that because we actually don't submit to a system of man and a system of the earth, that there's actually a level of anarchy about the way that the spirit of God possesses the life of the individual as part of the body of Christ and then sends us out as these individual, I would almost call us insurgents against the ways of the earth. It's a way of thinking that I find a bit intoxicating. Certainly, again, empowering. So I want to read to you just two short quotes from Tolstoy's book, The Kingdom of God is Within You. I think you'll get the flavor for what I'm talking about when I talk about that sort of Galatians-like anarchy in Jesus. This is Tolstoy. A man need but understand his life as Christianity teaches him to understand it. That is understand that life does not belong to him, his personality, or the family, or the state, but to him, Jesus, who sent him into this life. That therefore, he must not fulfill the law of his personality, his family, or the state, but the unlimited law of him, Jesus, from whom he has come. In order that he may feel himself quite free from every human power, and may even stop seeing this power as something which may be oppressive for anyone. Do you hear what Tolstoy is saying there? It's the idea that despite what the world tells us, that we're supposed to understand life in the context of ourselves, our personality, our nuclear family, um, certainly in these fraught political times, the state. Actually, we owe allegiance to none of those things. Our allegiance is to Jesus, He's the one, I love the phrase, who has sent us into this life. We are here with a different mission entirely. And so when we are free of, again, ourselves, our own personality, even our family, even the state in which we live, when we live a borderless reality for the kingdom of heaven, suddenly it's an unlimited, glorious, free sort of law. It's the law of his spirit pushing us out. Free. And then one more quotation here, again, Tolstoy. The Christian profession differs in this very thing from the pagan, in that it does not demand of a man certain external negative acts, but places him in another relation to man from what he was in before, a relation from which may result the most varied acts, which cannot be ascertained in advance. What is Tolstoy saying to our hearts? What do I believe that the Holy Spirit was saying through Tolstoy, through Galatians to us today? That's why I'm bringing them together? It's this. My friend, you have no idea what you're supposed to do today. I guarantee you have a schedule. I bet it's right there on your iPhone. You could open it right now and show it to me. I don't care about that. What the Holy Spirit of God What the living way of Jesus is trying to do in every single life you encounter today is break through. The kingdom of heaven is within you. So it's not a matter like the old covenant law of certain external negative acts, do's and don'ts, specifically don'ts. It's a matter of this relation we have to the most varied acts. We walk through the day acting like Jesus because he lives in us. The degree to which we abide in him and experience him and then do his varied acts to the world is the degree to which we're communicating the kingdom of heaven to this day of this generation of humanity. Our allegiance to our own selves, to our family, to our town, to, say, the United States of America is typically going to be an impediment to the anarchistic way of The Holy Spirit, the way of Jesus, the way that we see played out in the book of Acts. So, just as Paul wrote to the Galatians, I would ask you, are you ready to live your whole life in the way of the Spirit? It's a little bit frightening. It will not look like everyone else, and the degree to which it does look like everyone else is the degree to which we're failing. But boy, is it a thrill! And isn't it exciting to think that each day is wed to the next until they become weeks, months, and years, and suddenly we are living whole lives consumed by the kingdom way? It might feel like anarchy. It might look strange. But it's glorious. Why don't we go live that way today? I'll be doing it. I'd love to join you out there in the world. Thanks for listening.